With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler West and Chris along with you here on this Tuesday morning. Plenty to get into. Thank you once again to... Jalen Kilgore for hanging out with us during the uh, the Garnet Trust Hour last hour. We'll have that interview up for you shortly on the 107.5 Game Podcasting page. And and we dive, dove into so many different things with Jalen in terms of the defense. But, you know, we kind of started off with, with him, you know, being really thrust into his role right from the get-go. Emanori goes down two snaps into the game against North Carolina. And very similarly to what Emanori dealt with the season ago, Jalen Kilgore gets shoved out on the field under the bright lights of 60, 70,000 people, and he's asked to perform. And, you know, certainly there were some growing pains as the season went along, but, you know, he's somebody that obviously showed you a lot of that flash and potential of why he was so highly regarded coming into this season. I think some guys are just built different is what I call it. And, you know, I, I'm sure there is a, a level of, of really hard work that none of us see on the back end of that that, that certainly contributes to this as well. But... Doesn't it seem like some guys come in and, and kind of, you know, have to go through that developmental period? And some guys, for whatever reason, and it's, I think, a combination of both athletic ability and uh, intellect and work ethic, they just kind of ease in, just make it look easy. I, I think with, with Jalen, you know, yeah, were there freshman growing pains? I, I guess, but really, for the most part, this kid just came in and consistently showed up, uh, matched up with SEC athletes as a true freshman. And, you know, it, it was from moment one, you know, in Charlotte, like you said, when, when Nick E went down. So I couldn't be more impressed with him. Um, interested to see what he can do for an encore. Interested to see the plan for that group moving forward. You know, when you look at having Jalen back, Nikki Mawari back, DQ Smith. Um, there'll be lots of discussion, I think, this offseason about the scheme. But, um, man, couldn't be more impressed with Jalen Kilgore on and off the field. Well, we actually touched on kind of some of all that, Wes, with Jalen as far as, you know, hey, what do you, what do you think about the three three five? Like, do we do we see that more next year, or do we continue to see it? Um, and then what do you think about the, the state of the DB room for next year? And... Um, I think you'll be glad to know. He actually talked up Vicari Swain a good bit. He said that Vicari, you know, makes some plays at corner in practice that he said, frankly, I'm not sure if anybody else can make those type of plays. Well, that's what I like to hear, yeah, Chris. Yeah, you, you always like to hear that. That's always the high oh. praise. When you hear a guy, that guy can do stuff that nobody else can do. Yeah. That's yeah. always a nice endorsement. And he made the point there with talking about Vicari Swain, who, of course, came in as an athlete, still kind of going through that process of learning the nuances of that position specifically. But, yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of reason to be excited for what he can contribute at that corner spot next year. And I put out on Gamecock Central, actually – wrote it up late yesterday, but put it out this morning. Um, my my Clemson thoughts sort of just, like, expanded into this novel about the roster. Stream and, of consciousness. Uh, yes, yes, very much. To the point that I, I read it over, like, three times trying to make sure it made sense. <laughs> but 
Um, you know, to, to me, I look at that cornerback spot, and as we sort of get into our trying to keep us on the tracks here, I promise, but when we start talking offseason and roster and all those things, I, I circle Vakari Swain because tie this into what we're going to be talking about a ton the next month, transfer portal. Which spots do you need guys, you know, out of the portal? And for for corner, I'm sitting there going, well, the answer to that question really is highly dependent for me on internally, how, how do you feel about Vakari Swain? Mm-hmm. What is Judge Collier's upside in terms of do you feel like he can make another big step? Um, again, I, I got many more thoughts on portal we can get to, but uh, that should make fans – uh, at le- it should at least pique their interest that he said that about Vakari because that's one of those – that's kind of the opposite, you know, in our, like, checklist of things people say about players. Like, the uh, the opposite of that would be the, oh, yeah, well, he's a good person. You know how you know how we said when, when you get when you get <laughs> yeah. that one? Yeah, when it goes to the immediately off-field stuff for yeah, them, yeah, like, like, personally, like, yeah, yeah. that's – not a good sign. How's he as a player? Well, he's a good person. He's a good oh. Person. He's a, oh no, he's always oh, no. he's always smiling in a good mood. You're yeah, like, no, yeah. no, no, no. But when they <laughs> drop the man, that guy does some things. I don't know if anybody else can. That's probably in the top five of endorsement mm-hmm. lines. I, I feel like it's a big one. It's a, it's it's a, it's a dead giveaway. I think, and you know, I think we were all well. I think you were too, Wes. We're we're probably all on the same page of this, but surprised that Vicari Swain didn't see more of a role in year one mm-hmm. but hey some sometimes that happens i mean we do forget that football's developmental right i mean I, I heard something in the stadium the other night and it doesn't matter how many times we try to talk about it but i heard you know after nick carber had um a ball i think it was a contested ball but it, w- it was dropped you know in the stadium the other night and i heard somebody grumbling a five-star well, you know, and it's like, look, you know, Nick Carver, nobody thought that Nick Carver would be playing 40 or 50 snaps a game this year, and that's the way it's worked out. And so, you know, Vakari's been the opposite in that he has not gotten on the field as much as probably we thought. Um, but that doesn't mean he's not going to be a heck of a football player here. And Jalen talked about it, you know, his own situation, you know, going from playing a very basic defense in high school to learning the more complicated nuances of a college defense. And he said he was very thankful that he came in in January when he did have that extra time to get up speed on all that. But that's something else that maybe not everybody can do right away and takes a little bit more time, especially for a guy like Swain that's adapting to a new position. Like he's not going to get it overnight. It is something that's going to be a process. And um, again, now has an entire another offseason to go through and, and, and fine-tune those things before next year rolls around. And, you know, I, I think it's a great point because Kilgore, uh, you know, did go through spring, and Vakari did not. You know, he he was a later enrollee. And uh, interestingly enough, on that media day they had for the entire team right before the season started, I actually talked to both of those guys when they were side-by-side um, at media day, and it was kind of interesting. Even looking back at what they both had to say, um, some of their comments, I, I think, actually kind of alluded to how things played out in that, um, you know, Vakari, if I remember correctly, was was pretty honest about, hey, there there's a, a lot of little new intricacies to playing corner that I just didn't really have to deal with, um, you know, in high school. And, you know, I, I think also worth pointing out, he was a he was a do-it-all guy. He was really more of a wide receiver and like a free safety 
in, in high school. So he was playing defensive back. He was playing DB. He was playing special teams as well. But it really wasn't, hey, go play man coverage against this guy. So I, I think that's such a spot where you can be a superb athlete. You can be an elite athlete. You can be a better athlete. And your athleticism can maybe – maybe you win eight of ten reps at that position based mostly on your athleticism. But then you get beat on those other two reps because your technique is not quite where it needs to be. And if those two reps are completions for 25 and 32 yards just to pull random numbers out, everybody's like, oh, man, that guy can't cover anybody. So, you know, so I think that to play, it takes a special person to go out there and play man coverage and and at cornerback and at that position, especially – you know, before they went to this three three five, you're on an island a, a lot in, in this defense. So, uh, but Bakari, the the other part, the other reason that intrigues me, Chris, is I mean, I think we're all on the same page here. Everybody's sitting there in the back of their mind, going, "Hey, that receiving core might need some playmakers." Yeah, and you're sure. saying, it, "At what at what point do you say?" Hey, let's try them on offense. So I, I think the stuff we're not seeing at all right now because we weren't at practice during the season, you know, is Bakari over there kind of making the progress you need and he's going to push for a starting spot next year at corner? Or is there still that little sort of thought, hey, man, depending on what happens at the portal, there's plenty of playing time to go around a wide receiver next year. Yeah, that's a good point. And I want to go back to something you said just and apply it to Jalen Kilgore, who we just talked to as far as, you know, coming in and playing man coverage. I mean, it, it's tough. It's tough for a senior who's been around for four or five years to match up one-on-one with some of the receivers that you're going to match up with playing South Carolina's schedule every year. And obviously you want to win more of those than, than you lose, but but you will lose some. And, you know, a couple points stood out with what Jalen told us. Number one, you're right, Wes. He played all over the place in high school. He said he only came off the field on punt team, not punt return, like punt team. He even mentioned that he played edge against some wing T teams. <laughs> and now you come in and say, hey, we need you to play man coverage as a freshman. And uh, your assignment on this play will be Luther Burden, you know, and Anaya Smith. Those are the two guys that he mentioned probably – you know, the two toughest guys that he saw this year. So, you know, it, you look out there and you see one of these receivers making a play against South Carolina, and I think you got to have it in the perspective, like Luther Burden's playing in the NFL and I Smith's playing in the NFL. They're going to make some plays. And then when you have a guy that's a freshman covering them and they have good coverage, like sometimes those things are happening. That, that doesn't mean, oh, it's okay, you know. But keep it in perspective and realize, like, Jalen Kilgore – for what he did this year is going to be a lot better for it. And he had he had a heck of a season by anyone's standards. Uh, but he ha- when, you, when you realize that he was literally a true freshman that's learning to do some things that he has not been asked to do ever, that makes it that much more impressive, I think. I'm, uh, like I said, I, I'm curious to see what, what's the encore for him because you already just see, you know, when, when, when you look at this kid – um, he seems to kind of have it all, and you know I, I think he's a he's a core type player, a guy you build your defense around. I think he's a future you know all SEC potential guy, and um, 
you know, I, I think has the work ethic to back it up. So probably should be in a position to take another step next year, I think. Absolutely. Again, thanks to Jalen Kilgore for hanging out with us. We'll have that interview up for you shortly on the 107.5 The Game podcasting page. Uh, see, I got some callers on the Love Show Love phone lines. We'll get to those in uh, just a minute as well as take a look around the rest of the team and uh, assess this uh, 2023 season before starting to turn the page over to the offseason and 2024. All that coming up here on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse. Back in it is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs, Tyler West and Chris. Along with you, we'll dive more into some of the offseason stuff and what we're looking at over these next couple weeks in just a moment, but let's put a final bow on this past weekend's game against Clemson. Kyle is on the Love Chevrolet phone lines, 803-404-6100. Wants to share some thoughts. Kyle, what's on your mind this morning? Hey, guys. Just want to touch base with you a little bit this morning, and um, I'll go ahead and admit firsthand I'm 50 years old, been a Clemson fan all my life since I was a child, but I'm going to say something that's very applicable to both programs, I think. And I see a lot of Clemson fans or hear a lot of Clemson fans, you know, seem to be happy now because we won four ball games in November. And I think that's absolute garbage. Um, you're sitting here with a, with a Clemson football program that's four and four in ACC, which is a crap conference. And I don't want to, you know, I'm not a conference guy, but it, this is the truth, and it's, it's, it's acknowledged by everyone. It's a crap conference. You're four and four in the conference, and you look around, and I, and I see Clemson fans making excuses and said, "Well, what about Blake Miller? Is a young guy, and he's going to be a good offensive lineman, and this guy's going to be good, and this guy's going to be good." And that's that's absolute crap. I can see these guys play. I've seen these guys play, and I've watched Clemson football for forty plus years. And I guarantee you this, if a ball player is going to be a good ball player, then he's going to play good. And you see guys, as these young guys come up and they say, well, this guy's going to develop. We haven't developed anybody in ages. Guys come in, and I'm telling you, if a dog's going to bite you, he's going to bite you as a puppy. He's going to flash as a freshman. Guys like Khalil Barnes show up as freshmen. Guys like going back, Sammy Watkins shows up as a freshman. Guys like now, Tyler Brown shows up as a freshman, all right? And we don't have enough of those guys on the offensive side of the okay, football. Okay, Kyle, we, we, we appreciate your call there. We're, we're, not, uh, we're not diving into the specifics of the Clemson roster here, but uh, appreciate, your, appreciate your thoughts there. And uh, I, I can understand the Clemson fan base being frustrated with their 8-4 their and four season, especially when you have the aspirations of the college football playoff on a year-on-year-out basis. But they won the game on Saturday. They got the uh, – Palmetto Cup for another year, so they can hang their hat on that at least. I think that was Tyler from Spartanburg's uncle. Maybe it was Uncle Kyle. I don't know. Um, um, I don't know. This GC takeover, we can't. Um, we can't make our. Yeah, I, I was. I was make make the fans sit through that. I, I was seeing if he was going to take that in the South Carolina direction. He was not. So. We said it was applicable to, but you know, and so let's let's take one point out of there that you know, you hear that players are going to develop. I mean. Yeah, some sometimes you do have guys like Khalil Barnes that he mentioned. I actually talked to Jalen about Khalil Barnes. Like, yeah, Jalen Kilgore, right? Uh, you, you think it's South Carolina, Clowney, Lattimore, but yeah, sometimes you do get guys. But here, here's one: Xavier Leggett. Yep. From, from like, he flashed in practice and and things like that. Um, but 
he didn't have a statist a big statistical impact or an impact in general until year five. Um, now you do have to have a baseline of of being a talented player, but generally, if you hear things like this guy's got a chance to be a really good player, sometimes you get coach speak with that, but a lot of times it's actually based on something. If you continue to hear it over and over, and and look, both both teams do have really good players. Both teams um, are in positions where. Um, sometimes the recruiting has slipped at some spot. Clemson's not as talented as they were when they were in the college football playoff every year and winning titles. South Carolina's not as talented as they are, uh, as they were in 2012, right? And, and that's the difference in the results a lot of the time. Yeah. Simply put, yeah. Let's move back to the Gamecocks. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I, I didn't want to miss this. You know, we, we didn't get to get everything that Coach Beamer said coming away from the game on Saturday. But but in kind of reflecting back on this season, you know, he talked about this senior group of guys that are now moving on to the NFL or whatever's next for them uh, in, in life after football. I, I want to play this. And, and there's a couple pauses here because Beamer did get emotional talking about this on, on Saturday. But he was asked about what the senior group uh, has meant to him. Here's what uh, Coach Beamer said after the game on Saturday. Yeah, a lot. Um, we um, we talked. Sorry. We talked about it in our team meeting yesterday. You know. Um, some of those guys were here when I got here to carry on and Tyreek and, and, uh, Tonka and, and Leggett and they stayed, which the easy thing to do is, is to leave. Um, it didn't just stay for one year, but to stay, they stayed two years and then a third year as well. And then, um, guys that came in that, didn't know anything about me, but trusted me to come in. Amarian Brown, Jordan Strawn. I mean, I, th- I can remember sitting in my bedroom in Norman, Oklahoma, uh, doing a Zoom with Amarian and his dad, trying to convince them, not quite sure what our <laughs> offense is going to look like, but we want you to come play football at South Carolina. And he trusted us and, and, um, and came in. So they're, they're, They're awesome. So obviously emotional about that. And as you mentioned there at the beginning, this senior class, a lot of those guys, ones that obviously didn't transfer in, are ones that were already here when Beamer got here, part of the must champ, you know, regime and all that kind of stuff. So there's, you know, wasn't a guarantee that they were going to buy into what he was doing with this program. And they did. And, and the guys that hung around, you know, obviously have been an important part for building what Beamer's built through these first three years. And again, it is a group of, of guys that you're, uh, you know, sad to see go. Yeah, I think um, the the reason you get emotional kind of talking about that, I think, if you're Shane Beamer, too, is, you know, he's been around football his entire life, obviously. And th- those guys, like that team will never be in a locker room together again. And so, you know, it, it doesn't matter if you bring back 70% of your roster. You always look at a season, and when a year is over, and it doesn't matter anybody that's played sports at any level, um, that, that's the last time you'll be with, with those guys. And so, you know, you may get together 10 years from now and celebrate. You may 
see each other at, at weddings in the future, but um, it, it won't be everybody. So I, I think, um, you know, that that's kind of to an extent to me also getting a bowl game, if you could have found a way to get into one, you know, you uh, maybe it wasn't going to be a pretty bowl game. You know, it wasn't going to be a, a flashy one, but it would have been one more chance to play. And, and even that would have been, you know, there would have been some guys who obviously probably wouldn't have played, but still it would have been one more opportunity to, to get together and play with this group. And, you know, I think you kind of come to expect to have another game. Uh, you know, Beamer uh, and those guys overachieved the first two seasons. Even with the sort of projections for this year, I, I don't think – I don't know of anybody that went into the season as a fan saying, you know, I don't think we're going to a bowl this year. So I, I think to to not have that final game and, and you know, I, I'm sure after the sprint that is a college football season, the grind that is a college football season, it, it, hit, it hits hard to just know, hey, that this is it. No, no more games. Um, it, it's done. And I think for Beamer, you know, aside from the relationships part, we know – that he's a guy that wears his emotions on his sleeves and has good relationships with players and and has much more than just a you know like a transactional relationship uh, with with his players. Um, aside from that, I, I really think you go to some of the other things that he said on Saturday night, and it was basically, "Hey, I hate that you know we couldn't get it done for them." And so it's like you said, Wes, you you don't have that other opportunity to gather together, but Beamer. You probably feel there as a head coach, probably like you you let the guys down, you know. Um, and obviously, it's up to play. It's a, it's a it's a team sport as coaches as players, but you just feel a lot of disappointment because you got guys like he mentioned, a Marion Brown there. You know, AB came in as a transfer. That first recruiting class for Beamer, when you're cobbling it together, basically you're doing it during COVID, like you said, during a, a Zoom call, sitting in your bedroom or living room in Norman, Oklahoma trying to put together a recruiting class. You can't have guys on campus. You can't be on campus. You can't go visit guys. And a guy like A.B. showing enough belief to say, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to sign up for this. For, you know, on Joyner, who he mentioned and talked about a lot on Saturday night, deciding to come back more than once and being unselfish and moving positions and, and just staying balled in and, and staying as a good teammate. So I think all those things kind of hitting at once, you know, you can kind of understand – where he's coming from and the emotion of it all. Yeah, and I, I think, um, you know, th there's some guys, I, I think every, every kid you coach, I'm sure, matters. Um, I'm not saying they don't, but, you know, there are some guys that you look at, I mean, he mentioned to carry on. There's some guys that, you know, you're going to look back on and, and kind of what they meant to the program, how they sort of, I would say, just were the ideal teammate, the ideal Gamecock, um, moving positions, Try. I mean, the just the fact that the carry on was even on the field for that final game, um, you know, I I I didn't share this at the time because I didn't want to like break his confidence. But when I when I saw him at that, um, the the thing he was doing to raise um food to get food donations for Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I I wasn't prying. I was just asking, hey, how are you feeling? And he was like, man, I've got to find a way to get a snap against Clemson, you know, and this was a couple of weeks before the game, but you, you could tell, you could tell he wasn't a hundred percent. He wasn't yeah. close to a hundred percent. I mean, he was in a walking boot a couple it, weeks ago. It, it meant so much to him to be out there for one more game in that stadium 
in that uniform and to have that opportunity. And, um, you know, so I, I think when, when Beamer gets emotional, it is partially because of, of guys like to carry on and just the, the, the prototypical um, student athlete. Absolutely. And it was a special group of guys that obviously we hate to see leave, but that time does always come. And, and you know, it's kind of putting a bow on the 2023 season. A lot of things focus on this offseason before we get to 2024, one of them being the transfer portal. And wheels are already starting to turn for guys uh, staying and going. We'll uh, get into that coming up. You're listening to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on the game and the game app. Welcome back in. It is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on the game. Tyler, Wes, and Chris Along with you, real quick, want to let you know, as we talked about through the entire season, of course, the Lawyer Lisa Special Teams Touchdown Contest. Of course, we gave away $1,000 after the Vanderbilt game a couple of weeks ago. $200 were in the pot at the conclusion of the game on Saturday night. And, well, that money's got to go somewhere. Coming up today at 5.15, make sure you're tuned into the game with Jay and Elijah on the afternoon show. They're going to be giving away those final $200. I think you still have time. If you haven't already, go over to 1075game.com and register for your chance to win the final pot of $200 from the Lawyer Lisa Special Teams Touchdown Contest giveaway. Uh, Shifting gears back to looking ahead to next year, and obviously we've now entered the offseason for South Carolina. Obviously the transfer portal officially becoming open here in a couple days, but already some some tricklings of, of guys leaving we obviously know Xavier McLeod opted to leave the program prior to the Missouri game because of uh you know not wanting to um burn his red shirt this year but then yesterday we get the news that another defender this one being Donovan Westmoreland has entered the transfer portal as well uh a a sophomore who uh, has not seen a whole lot of playing time through his first two seasons here uh, but he is now uh, seeking opportunities elsewhere yeah he is and I would say I, I called this a healthy transfer and um you know, I, I think a lot of times you have some some healthy transfers where, you know, it's maybe best for, for both sides. And what I mean by that is, you know, I, I think Donovan, you look back at his high school tape, man, this, this is a good player, like very productive, um, very instinctual, has some toughness about him, but I, I think was just kind of a little bit of a tweener at the SEC level. And, and you see that sometimes. There's nothing wrong with that. He kind of bounced back and forth, I, I think, between linebacker and edge you know, and it played different spots, uh, you know, among those two positions. And then, you know, I, I just think you, you look at some guys and there's maybe not a big path, at least in the foreseeable future, to playing time. And, um, you know, I, Chris, I, I think the most similar guy to him on, on campus from a skill set, skill set standpoint probably was Brian Thomas Jr., you know, undersized, edge type. Brian was, it seems like, well ahead of uh of donovan so if, if there's just not a huge path for playing time again we we just talked about it you never just give up on a guy and say hey they can't develop but i, I think he, he was a little bit of a tweener and there's nothing wrong with that in this case i i think he can go down a level and probably have a pretty good chance to play somewhere man and, and go do what he loves go play ball um I, I think this is one of those things where the staff probably shakes his hand wishes him well and, and truly means it and um you know it, it's kind of healthy for all sides and for South Carolina that means you know the the business side of it is it, it gives you another scholarship to to go fill honestly and, and a guy like him it's almost essentially 
what this transfer portal was created for, for somebody that comes in to a place like South Carolina at a Power 5 level, and, you know, you never know what's going to happen until you get there and through two years realizes, hey, I haven't really found my place here. I'm not up to this level of competition for whatever reason. Let me go down to Group of Five, FCS, whatever it may be, and, uh, you know, find a place where I can get on the field a little bit more. Like, that's what this is designed for. And uh, obviously, you know, wish him the best for wherever he ends up. And just a quick little housekeeping item on the portal, if this hadn't been mentioned. So the portal opens December 4th. Right. But if you are a – kids can say that they're going in. You know, right. hey, I will be going into the portal when it opens. You can, go, you can go ahead and do that at any time. You literally jump in on the 4th. If you're a graduate, though, you can go ahead and jump in now and, and, and get that process starting. So if you're wondering – Hey, when are we going to hear more? As you said, Tyler, kind of some things maybe will will start trickling out this week. But what's the timeline? Well, you got to keep in mind the graduate thing. You got to keep in mind some kids literally haven't made the decision. Got to keep in mind that this week at South Carolina, players are talking to their coaches. They're meeting with Shane Beamer. They're, you know, figuring out where things stand and making those decisions. And then some guys may not make them until the portal literally does open. You may not. Uh, you're not going to obviously see them physically going in or going into the portal, their name going into the portal, and they may not, not choose to announce anything until that time either. Yeah, I, I think um, th- this is going to be kind of – it's going to be a sprint right off the bat, I think, Chris, but it's going to be fascinating to see how teams manage this thing because um, the, the coaches have talked about this. You, you're in a race to to get a guy on your campus for a visit. And, I mean, it's played out for South Carolina quite a bit where just being one of the first couple of teams to DM a player has, like, started the process out of the portal, and then you get them on campus, and and then they're committed. Well, there there's going to be thousands of kids in the portal, and so you're trying to evaluate them all. And uh, so I think part of this is, all right, how how much restraint do you show knowing this is a 30-day window? And how much do you say, all right, we, we like we like this guy. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and make a move. And, um, you know, so I, I, think, I think different teams will have different approaches to it. And it, it's going to be fascinating to see South Carolina, you know, they missed on some guys in the portal window last year, um, which I think – has some South Carolina fans a little bit, um, you know, maybe not as fired up about the portal this year. But two years ago, I mean, you go out and get Spencer Rattler. You go out and get Juice Wells. Um, there's a host of other guys in there that came in and, and helped you. So th- they've proved they can do some work in the portal. It's going to be fascinating to see how the different programs around the country navigate this thing. Yeah, and – I've I've seen some sentiment, Wes, to kind of go off what you said there that you know South Carolina hasn't done well in the portal, and I think that's not accurate because of a lot of the guys you mentioned. And then you even look at you know a Trey Knox who helped you a lot this year, Josh Simon. I mean, there there are plenty of players. Have the results been when you look at the full picture and the volume? Have they been mixed? Yes, but another thing to consider is. The, the status of things when Shane Beamer took over, right? You take over in 21, and I laid it out earlier. I don't want to go over again, but, you know, during COVID, it's a weird time. It's a very difficult time to recruit. By the way, the program had just won two games. It's a brand-new staff. 
really tough time. And so your first portal class, you're kind of just like high school recruiting. I mean, you're cobbling things together. And so South Carolina needed – they were in a position where they needed more from the transfer portal, and they're still in that position. Um, You would love to, at some point in this program's development, rely mostly on high school guys, maybe sprinkle in a JUCO guy here and there, and then go out and bolster – portal recruiting a, a great player at a at a skill position jumps in and you go pluck him you need a, a depth guy at a spot you go pluck that guy you don't want to have to be taking I would, I would go get eight to ten guys this year that's not ideal but it is kind of where things are at now and when you do that you're going to be kind of subject to some of the same rules that you see in high school recruiting and that you're going to have some misses you know when you take a higher volume of guys so the key is just for them you know not missing as often and, and going out and, and making the right decisions, going out and finding guys you can get who can make an impact and then continue to try to build to where maybe you're not quite as reliant on the portal. Talk more about the portal. Wrap up today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs coming up here on the game and the 107.5 The Game app. Welcome back in. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler West and Chris Long with you. For a few more minutes, we're jumping into the halftime show with myself and Terry Ford on this Tuesday, talking about the transfer portal, and obviously we'll stay on top of it once it officially opens, see who's coming, who's going, keep an eye on what's happening around the conference and around the country as well. But but the transfer portal is such a topic of conversation with coaches so much. And I think back to the SEC spring meetings back in May, I guess it was, and, and so many coaches talked about this schedule that we currently have in college football right now and wanting to alter things. And the the next 30 days for college football head coaches, even ones like Shane Beamer that don't have to worry about a bowl game or anything like that, is utter chaos. And for mm-hmm. the ones that are going to conference championships, college football playoff bowl games, that just adds another layer to everything you're dealing with, with the transfer portal, with early signing period. Oh, by the way, there's that thing called Christmas coming up in a couple weeks as well. Like This is something that's been talked about so much that a lot of people are pushing for change. Yeah, and they, they already got a, a little bit of relief, um, you know, that it's a 30-day window now, which I think is smart, and it's, I guess, 45 total days, mm-hmm. 15 in the spring, 30 now. Um, you know, may, maybe this thing shrinks even more in the future. But at some point, if you shrink it too much, then it's just going to be two weeks of absolute chaos, and it'll be impo- impossible to even manage it, I, I think. So... You know, I, I don't know if there's a answer that fixes it all because ultimately you're doing all this within the confines of big boy college football where millions of dollars are at stake. And, you know, if you're paid millions of dollars, which all of them are, um, it, there's there's really not going to be a work-life balance this time of year. That's just kind of a, a, a fact of the matter. Is there I, I ever a work-life balance, work, work balance in a head football coach? Very rare. Yeah, not, not a lot. I think even when you're sitting on the beach and you got those, what is it, July, I guess? Yeah, July, you kind of have some time off. You better still, you, you ain't ignoring phone calls from five stars. You no. know, you you might be sitting on the beach, you know, having having a beverage and you still you still got to take that phone call. So it, it doesn't ever really end. Uh, but that, that also, you know what, that's that's kind of what you sign up for. That's what, you, that's what you get paid the big bucks for. And, you know, guys, I, I'm fascinated, though, what, what position for South Carolina would you not take someone in the portal? 
Like I, I I've tried to kind of divide this thing up in my head. I I think there are certain spots where you're saying, "Hey, you got to go get a difference maker at this spot." Um, then there's certain spots where I say, "Hey, you you know you maybe don't have to have a difference maker, but if you could get a depth guy there, do you go take him?" I I kind of say yes for just about every position on the roster. Sure. And then I think in some ways, you know, defensively, I think it's kind of interesting. Um, you probably have some guys coming back, but I, I talked about this early in the year. I don't know if you have enough difference makers on defense. I think you take a – I'd take a depth guy at every position on defense, frankly. But then I think you take almost a best available approach on that side of the ball. Who Who's the, who's the best player on defense – that you can go land. I don't care if he's a corner, safety, linebacker, D-tackle, D-end, whatever. The best player that's highly interested in you, I think you take an NFL draft approach and just go try to get him. Yeah, you you don't feel like there's a spot where you say everything's totally, completely set here and, and you just got everybody back and feel great at every particular spot, you know. And I think this is going to be a fascinating offseason for South Carolina, not not just because it's critical in terms of, um, you know, finishing out, the keeping this recruiting class together, finishing out recruiting, the transfer portal, staff, right? Like, well, we have some staff things to cover. That's entirely possible for one reason or another. Um, and then because you don't have a bowl game, honestly, it's – it's, it's not a positive in any way, right? I'm not painting it as a positive. You're about to tell us why it's a positive, It's aren't not, you? though. It's not. You, you want to go to a bowl game every single year, and you want to go to a really good bowl. You want to play as many games as possible over the course of the year and have as much practice time as possible. But it is a lot to juggle. I mean, to your point about how many things you're juggling, and Shane Beamer's talked about this. I mean, in December, you're trying to, you know, stay engaged with your players and you're trying to prepare for a bowl game, but then you've got the portal and then you got coaches on the road and you got players visiting you from the high school and junior college ranks and the transfer ranks. So it is a lot. Um, it's not a positive that they don't have to juggle the bowl game, but it, it, you know, it does give more time to arguably to work on some of those critical factors this off season that need to be worked on, you know, whether, you know, staff, maybe that doesn't take up as much time, but, Certainly on the recruiting front, it, it's a it needs to be a focus. Yeah, but on the on the flip side of that, talking about not going to a bowl game and playing the bowl game itself, that's fine and dandy. Yeah. And you know, you get to go to a new place and play a different team and stuff like that. But more importantly, is those fifteen practices yes. that you're missing out the on. Development and is how huge. big that development is. I think back to a guy like Pup Howard that got to take part in some of the Gator Bowl practices last year, and you know how people were raving about him before he even you know played an official snap here at South Carolina. So so those go really far in development of players that you are have and ones you bring in as well and that's you know perhaps the biggest thing that you're missing out on by not going to a bowl game how about guys like Lenora Sellers you know quarterback um uh, you know I'm thinking about the two most developmental positions that exist quarterback and offensive line how how important it's essentially an additional spring practice so how important would that have been for a guy like Sellers for a guy, you know, for, for all these freshman offensive linemen that, that did play a lot this year, don't get me wrong, but are um, going to be highly counted on next year. For a guy like Vakari Swain, who we just talked about, who's, you know, kind of learning a new-ish position from high school. Um, th- 
that kind of, I mean, it is what it is. That stinks. Like, you, you need to find a way to get to a six win, even if you're going to play in Birmingham or the, you know, Cheetos Bowl or yes, whatever, bowl. you know, whatever you're going to play in. Um, th- those practices do matter. So that that's a, a pretty big negative on this. Absolutely, and that's something we'll keep our eye on, obviously, with the transfer portal and everything going on as it opens up here in a couple of weeks. Got the early signing period coming just for Christmas, so uh, obviously a whole lot to keep our eye on, and we certainly will. And I know you guys, obviously, on GamecockCentral.com or, you know, uh, have a couple write-ups about some potential targets that they already have in the transfer portal. So certainly go and check those out, but we'll, uh, we'll keep our eye on that as the uh, days and the weeks go by as well. That'll do it for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Coming up next, it is the halftime show with myself and Terry Ford on your Tuesday right here on the game and the 107.5 The Game app. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.